Blog Talk Radio. You are now listening to CLNS Radio, your source for all things basketball. You cannot stop this guy. This guy is unbelievable right now, and with the way he's playing, he's played an outstanding brand of basketball. You're trying to tell me he's not the next best thing? What are you hearing? Man, all I know is this guy can fall, and if you can come out and play with him, you can play with anybody in the league. I want your opinion. Call into the show. Why don't you drive the rack? Seriously, why don't people drive the rack more often? Fed up with this cookie-cutter brand of basketball, not go out and hand-check. What are you comparing? The guy's got grit. The guy's got moxie, and the guy's got heart. What more do you want? Broadcast through Blog Talk Radio and CLNS Radio. They gonna love me for my ambition. Welcome to the Hooper's Log. He did a dream, a dream that Here's your host, Simo Buck. They gonna love me for my ambition. For the first time in Hooper's Log history, and from now on until the end of day, we will be doing shows at night, Eastern Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time here on the Hooper's Log, 5 p.m. Pacific. I have a new job. Finally, thank the Lord. Hallelujah. Um, I, I, have, I have an opportunity now to do a show at a prime right. position. Absolutely, Ollie. It's going to rain because guess what? We now can promote the show at a more regular time for you to head on home through your hardcore day, through a tough time so you can listen to it in the morning on your way to work and whatnot. Yes, the Hooper's Log now will be on at nighttime here on the East Coast, 8 p.m. Eastern time on CLNS Radio through the SeatGeek Studios. My name is Simo Buckets. My co-host, Andrew Norris, is fresh off the plane from Mexico. He was just got back here over the weekend. Andrew, how's it going, man? Hey, how was your trip to Mexico, and how was everything? My trip to Mexico was fantastic. Uh, it was just a giant party, a giant vacation, a whole lot of sun, a whole lot of sunburn, um, and it was, it was a ton of fun. It's, it's wonderful to feel healthy again on top of everything. Um, and, you know, I went into work early today, went in an hour early just cause, and everything's going awesome now, man. Every, all the pain and the sickness has subsided and everything is finally going right. You know, what else is incredible is we have three days left in the regular season and tonight's already kicked off a little bit with some of the games. We'll get to those in a little bit. We also have some big time news knowing now that the website for the Hooper's Log is up in full effect. Andrew, you want to give some information on that before we get this show started? Yes. Now, when we say up in full effect, we're still working on it. Um, we, we still have a lot of design things to do, um, we, a lot, uh, just a whole lot of work to do. But we do want you to be able to visit it. So it is thehooperslog.com. That simple. The name of the show.com, T-H-E-H-O-O-P-E-R-S-L-O-G.com. Go there, check it out. You can leave comments. You can uh, apply to be a writer. You can do a whole bunch of things. We're going to make a place for basketball fans to come together, talk, read, learn, everything. It's going to be a whole lot of fun, um, and it's just it's going to be awesome. I'm, I'm going to get in touch with Calvin. I'm going to get him on at some point in the show just so we can introduce him as our first writer. Hopefully, Diego hops on board, writes with us. 
just a whole lot of stuff coming your way. We're growing, guys. Now we got the YouTube, we got the Twitters, we got the the website. Everything is going exactly as planned, and we can't wait for you guys to go check it out and just kind of see the beginning stages of it. Again, that's thehooperslog.com. And the best part about it is, is now we finally have the show at a more regular time where you yourself can come in and interact. And again, previously, for those of you that don't know, who are probably listening to this for the first time live, because I mean, I, I don't blame you if it's only the first time for you live. We're now coming to a different audience because now we're coming to you at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern time. We can finally come to you and talk about really the topics in the world of basketball that you care about because. This is, I mean, again, and it's not just that we never did that in the past. We've done this before, but we're 115 episodes in. For those of you that haven't caught on board yet, this show's been going strong since November 2nd, and we've been doing shows in the morning, uh, afternoon time on the East Coast around 12 p.m. Eastern time, 9 a.m. Pacific. That's normally when our time was. Uh, For those of you that don't know, I just got a new job, pays better, lives closer to home, less stressful, um, good things going on there. and knowing that that's the case, and I'm adjusting to my new life, uh, so will this show. But it's only going to get better. The playoffs are right around the corner. As I just said, the regular season is now about three days from now from ending. Uh, we'll have shows on here at this time, Monday through Friday, up until about mid-May, when we'll start doing every other day shows. And then come June, we're going we're gonna to kind of soften up more. And by the time the season ends, we'll slowly start to dwindle down to maybe one or two shows then going into the Olympics, and then we'll shut it down in September. For those of you that are just listening, if you'd like to call into the SeatGeek Studios and interact with us while we talk basketball here and kind of recap the weekend for you, the phone number is 323-642-1558 is the number. And if you'd like to call in and talk about anything basketball, whether that's the Golden State Warriors or what they've been doing, the San Antonio Spurs, uh, LeBron James and the hate you have on him. Man, anything you'd like to come in and talk about, we'd love to talk about and listen to you, uh, uh, give your opinion on, and really talk about it. Now, again, if, if you come in with an opinion that is kind of you know out, outlandish and not well thought out, I would advise you just sit back and listen. But if you have an idea and, an op- and, and, and a thought process and a really cool like thought thing to bring into the show, please do so and call in. This is your show if you know about the game of basketball and you feel entitled and, and, and you feel like you have that right and you have that opinion that is just not out there, this is your show. CLNS Radio is built for that, and that's what we bring to you through Boston Programming every single day, and we've been doing that. And I've been making this show, for those of you that don't know, here, I've been doing this thing since December of 2014, and we're going to keep going. We're going to keep going strong. We're going to keep growing, like Andrew said, on the website, in YouTube. Shoot, NBA 2K, eventually down the road. You name it, it's only going to get bigger and better. And let me tell you what, the best time of the year is right around the corner. Obviously, March Madness was the best time of the year, purity-wise, in basketball. But when it comes to the most entertaining time of the year, which we know is always going to be entertaining, because some years March Madness isn't super entertaining. It's fun. The purity of it is amazing, and it will never get old. But the entertainment value of the NBA playoffs only gets better and better and better, and it becomes really the sanctity of what this show becomes, which is just pure basketball uh, knowledge and conversation is what we're all about here on the Hoopers Log. And so we're here to stay this time slot, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern time, and hopefully we have more intellectual guests come on to the show like we've had in the past when Andrew's done night shows, uh, when I've done day shows with guys, with guys like Jake Chapman, 
Uh, we've had multiple. We've had guys like Jonathan Abrams on. We had uh, who was that guy in Detroit, Andrew, who was big time that you talked to about a couple of months Terry ago? Terry Foster. Uh, what was his? Terry Foster. We got we got big time guests that come onto the show, and we're always here for you to listen to those people. And we're only going to get more, and we're only going to get more people involved as time moves forward because we have such an in-depth knowledge of the game and we know what we're talking about, not just from the standpoint of the game itself when, it, when it's on, you know, in between the lines, but when it comes to off the field, you know, drama that's taking place or storylines or headline news, we got it here and it's all about basketball. Yeah. We're going to talk about when football season's around, we'll talk a little bit about it. We'll talk a little bit about opening day. Like we did last week. We'll talk a little bit about things here and there, but for the most part, it's going to be purely hoops and think about it as a as a round table discussion or a round couch discussion stepping into the couch hanging out and chatting hoops with us that's what we're all about here on the hoopers log andrew are you ready to recap the weekend and talk about what we saw in the world of hoops over this weekend let's do it he is fresh off the plane from mexico and we are fresh into the studios Nighttime shows. Let's get it going. Kevin Hart knows what's up. He just came back straight from the MTV Movie Awards from last night, and he's here in the studio. Not really, but we got his soundbite, the catchy phrase. All right, all right, all right, all right. right, right. You're going to learn today. Over the weekend in the NBA, what did we see? We we saw history take place uh, in multiple fashions. Uh, The Golden State Warriors and what they did over the weekend – to, our, to get to our main point and our main topic, th- this team now, don't get me wrong, what I saw on Saturday night a little disturbed me quite a bit from an entertainment perspective, I wouldn't say from an entertainment perspective, but from the standpoint of a, of a basketball purist and what I saw, I, I didn't really see a team that was the better team that night. And, and don't get me wrong, this Golden State Warrior team has found ways to win, I would say, five to ten games this year that they should not have even had a chance at sniffing a victory. And they found a way to do it again. The problem I had in this ball game is that ever since the last week or so that the Golden State Warriors have played a ball game, it's been all strictly the chase to 73. The, the, you know, Every single time they have an opportunity, they're put on national television or they're put on some form of, of national TV where you can watch them in your, in your living room outside of watching it on the NBA League Pass. Um, and the problem I had with that game on Saturday, which I'm sure most of you who are listening to this watched and saw, is the refereeing. A lot of people who watched that game I saw on Twitter reacted in, in, in honestly the best way that they possibly could for those who can't really put words together and, and, and really describe what they saw. And if they saw it and they just find it in one word, it was a rig. It was rigging. It felt like a rigging watching this game between the Memphis Grizzlies and between the Golden State Warriors because, look, as much as I want to see the Golden State Warriors, I mean, uh, you know, get close to the record and do well, I also want to see it from the perspective of, and I don't, don't, don't get me wrong, I'm not a Golden State Warriors fan. I don't like the Golden State Warriors. I hate the Golden State Warriors. But at the end of the day, I also want to see history, but I want to see it done the right way. And if this team loses a game and doesn't quite get the, get the then so be it. That's sports. That's life. That's what happens. But at the same time, when I see guys like Vince Carter going up for a rebound and taking a misstep and then getting landed on by a guy like Draymond Green and there's no call, and then on the other side of the floor, Steph Curry gets a little midget, miniature bump going to the rim and he gets a call, I'm going to sit there and be like, okay, let's go WWE or should I say NBA and say what's really going on here? Are, 
are these nationally televised games? Is there is there some incentive? Is there is there is there some things behind the scenes to sell more merchandise to get things going? Don't get me wrong, this Golden State Warrior team is unbelievable. Seventy two and nine now, tying the record after last night beating the Spurs. They won 199. Lance Stevenson had two attempts at the rim where he got fouled by my account five times. And then in the game against the Spurs where there were multiple times in the first half where the refs were clearly giving, giving the Golden State Warriors some, some, some oomph. Now, don't get me wrong. The game was physical. It was unbelievable. Defense was incredible, 35-35 at half. But then you go into the second half of the ball game, and you started seeing some plays. You know, Steph Curry went to the rim. LaMarcus clearly blocked him. They gave him a foul. Then you see guys like Lamar, then you guys see guys see like like Lamarcus Aldridge and Kawhi Leonard try to get to the rim and nothing's called. Now, granted, don't get me wrong, the refs kind of swallowed their whistles a lot in that game due to the physical play. But you saw when the when the Golden State Warriors got kind of their momentum going and got things really rolling, you saw a team in the Golden State Warriors get a little bit of a call. Now, is that is that to the is that to the level of you know? them getting the calls because they're beating the record, or is that them playing good basketball? Look, I'm going to say 55-45, especially in the Spurs game. Now, the Memphis game is a whole different ball game and a whole different story from the standpoint of this team came out and they did not look good. Steph Curry looked garbage in the first half against the Memphis Grizzlies. He looked garbage in the first half against the Spurs. And look, they found a way to eke out the victory in Memphis but against the San Antonio Spurs, and I'll tip my hat. I'm a Spurs fan. For those of you that don't know, as a Spurs fan, I tip my hat. Look, as pissed as I was after that game last night that we lost, I then sat back and said, look, this is the first time Golden State has beaten the San Antonio Spurs since Valentine's Day of 1997. I was six years old the last time this team beat the San Antonio Spurs in San Antonio. Tim Duncan wasn't even on the team. And funny enough, he wasn't on the team technically last night either. So, since Tim Duncan's been around, this team could never beat Tim Duncan's Spurs. This is not Tim Duncan's Spurs anymore, and it wasn't back in 97. So for that being said, what I saw from the Spurs last night in their loss, I was like, hey, guess what? If we don't have the guys that we want, and we still have the players that we, ha- that we have now currently played at this level against a team who won their 72nd game, of- which is just crazy. To- if you step back and recognize it, insane to even mention that. But to say that and to have that be said, look, 33-1 and one in the last 34 matchups in San Antonio, I'll take that all day. We're still 65-14 and 14, or 65-16. and 16. I think we're okay, and I think we're doing fine as a franchise. But you got to give props to the Golden State Warriors. At the same time, though, there's some, there's some lingering things that I have questions for, Andrew. Can you really give those questions out? And, and do you, what, what is your overall take of this Golden State Warriors team? Well, I still get uncomfortable when I say, you know, the NBA is rigging games or something like that, just because I find it so hard to believe. But when you put two and two together, it makes sense. People are going to watch them. Uh, the closer they are to that to that record, and now it's got this point where they think so many people are going to watch them that they moved Kobe's final game to ESPN too. I mean, <laughs> right. crazy, but you gotta you gotta think that makes sense. They, they gotta make money, um, but I still get really uncomfortable saying that and, and throwing that accusation out there because it's almost weak sounding. But you never really know, and that's where this this discussion, this argument is kind of empty. Is you'll never be able to get a definitive answer. 
because um, it, it could possibly be the truth. But it, that's extremely illegal. That's a lot of things. Sure, the NBA wouldn't want to mess. With it. Um, now, I, I I do have some concerns with the Warriors possibly, you know, being a little bit of fatigue going into the playoffs, especially if they have to run into like a Rockets team uh, in that first round, because that could that could really, you know, the Rockets could push them to six. The Rockets yes. are great. Then you run into the Thunder or the Clippers. Oh, there's six more. Then you run into the Spurs. Oh, there's seven. Oh, and then you run into the Cavs, who have lost, you know, two games in the whole Eastern Conference playoffs and are fully rested. Uh, we've seen how they've played lately. When they've all, when the big three has all played, they've looked absolutely dominant. And you get playoff LeBron. I mean, there is – there, I definitely would not shoe in a title for for Golden State. I think that's that's just silly. Um, so it, it's going to be very fun to see because I mean against Memphis they looked exhausted. I mean exhausted. The only two games out of their last five probably that they haven't looked absolutely exhausted is both the Spurs games. But that could be just adrenaline, and you're going to run into that in the playoffs where you're going to yes. be even more exhausted. So it's going to be harder to overcome. There's a lot of questions, but this is still going to end up being the best record team in the history of the NBA. Um, and, and it's just one of those things where we'll have to just wait and see. And you know what's fascinating? You bring up a great point in you bring up a great point in this team being tired. I mean, go back to 2007. Look, I mean, and it's not that far away. Nine years ago, look, who was the eighth seed in 2007? Golden State Warriors, and they were 42-40. and 40. The Dallas Mavericks had won the title the year before. Look, and I understand it's a little different, and the significance is a little, little, little different, obviously, with the historical ramifications, but don't, don't let history blind you with this statement that I'm about to make. The Dallas Mavericks won the NBA title in the Western Conference in 2006 over – excuse me, they didn't win it. They, they lost to the Miami Heat, uh, and, they, and they played the Miami Heat, who were the two seed in the East, and the Dallas Mavericks got the fourth seed in the West. They won 60 games that year, and everyone expected them to come back and bounce back and be really good. They were the best team at home in the NBA outside of the Detroit Pistons in 2006 with 37-4 and four with the Detroit Pistons at home in 2006, and the, and the, the Dallas Mavericks were, were on their way up at 34 and seven at home, they were already one of those teams that was doing really, really well and, and projected to do well the next season. You go into 06, 07, what do they do? And they got to the NBA finals that year. Remember in 06, in 06. And then when they went into the 06, 07 season, they went 67 and 15 and they ran away with the Western conference, just like the golden state warriors did out, obviously outside of the San Antonio Spurs, but they pretty much ran away with the Western conference. 67 and 15, they were they were six games ahead of the Phoenix Suns, who had Steve Nash and the boys back then, and San Antonio was was nine games back back then. It's similar. It's a similar conversation. Dallas ran away with the West, and you get into the you get into the Western Conference, which back then you can't deny the West was still tough back then, like it is now. I mean, don't get me wrong, the Western bottom part is a little bit eh, a little shady, but still, it's still a tough conference. And if you have a team like the uh, if you have a team like the uh, like like the Houston Rockets get into the into the eighth spot, you can't sit here and tell me that even though they haven't looked great this year, that their talent can't give them enough games to test Golden State and possibly. I'm not going to sit here and say they're going to beat Golden State uh, like Golden State did against Dallas in 07, 
But that's exactly what happened to Dallas in 07. And, 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 and again, don't let history blind you. This team was 67-15, and 15, ran, away with the con- ran away with the conference, the strongest conference that everyone knew was the strongest conference in the Western Conference in, uh, in 2007. And it's so eerily similar. Look, in 07, the Pistons had 53 wins, and they were the number one seed in the West. Where if the fifty if they had fifty three wins in the Western Conference, they would have only been the fourth seed. It's similar to this year. Look, and that's no knock on the East. It's just the way it is. It's just the way it's been in the NBA. And I think I think Cleveland would be a little bit higher. But you get my point. Anyway, the point is is Dallas is sixty seven fifty. They lost to Golden State in the first round, and Golden State manhandled them. Why? Tired legs, a lot of exhaustion. Dirk Davitsky, the MVP. A lot of the greatness of the Dallas Mavericks came from you know their ability to include Dirk in plays that really Dirk Nowitzki is one of the greatest offensive players to ever play at his position if, if possibly debatably the greatest offensive power forward of all time debatably now he's obviously Tim Duncan's the greatest obviously you've got other debates and other players as powerful Charles Barkley obviously but but when it comes to the overall game of a power forward Dirk Nowitzki is one of those players where I had a strong, hard time growing up watching because he did not play the traditional power forward. Steph Curry, not playing the traditional shooting uh, uh, point guard. He's not. He's not a traditional point guard. Is he a different point guard? Absolutely. But he's not traditional. This team in Golden State is so good and so great that if they run into some problems in the, in the, in the playoffs, it's not going to be because they're not good enough. It's because, first of all, they have worn themselves down. And they, they, what, and what Andrew and I have been discussing pretty much the last month or so is saying it's not that this team's going to lose in the Western Conference Finals because they're not good enough. It's because the gauntlet that they have to go through, and that is very realistic. Don't let history blind you for this team because if they play Houston, if they play the Clippers, who've been playing really good under the radar lately because no one's paying attention to them, but they've been playing really good basketball lately, and the Spurs, who let's be honest. They're not really pl- – they're playing hard. Don't get me wrong. They're playing hard. But don't, don't kid yourself and don't think the Spurs around, the, around midway through the second qu- – or the, the fourth quarter of that game sat back and said, Golden State just went on a 12-0 run. We got nothing to play for. What's our incentive? There's no in- there was no incentive for the Spurs last night other than, the, other than, okay, other than to get the home record. But then once they call the timeout and Popovich or Kerr call the timeout – you know, don't sit back and sit here and tell me that they didn't just that Pop didn't tell them say, look, we ain't gonna go undefeated at home. It ain't happening. Go out there and compete, but this ain't the championship. That's that's probably exactly what he told his guys. And why wouldn't he? And why wouldn't the team not come out and play harder and make a bigger run? And that's no knock on the Warriors. That's just the nature of the beast. Don't sit here and tell me that the Warriors don't go in and play like you said, Houston. If, if that's the case, even if they play Utah or Houston, it's tough. But either way. They play Houston, or they play Utah, and then they play the Clippers, and then they play the Spurs, and then they play, and not just that they play them in one game, they play them in a seven-game series where the adjustments will consistently change and adapt to what ultimately their weaknesses will show. And don't get me wrong, Golden State has answered the bell all season long to different weaknesses that they don't show in a game. They find ways to come back. They find ways to implement different portions of their game to win ballgames. They do that, but... It is much easier to do in a one-game setting than it is in a seven-game setting where you have to win four out of the seven. And with the Western Conference and the way that it's set up, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that the Houston Rockets will beat them in a seven-game series. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that the Clippers or the Spurs or the Cleveland Cavaliers could do it. 
But ultimately what will happen is tired legs. And don't sit here and tell me that this entire run hasn't put a, a, a giant like burden or gorilla on the back of Golden State, especially if they win on Wednesday night. If this team wins the title on Wednesday night, uh, excuse me, TV. If they win the record for seventy-three and nine on Wednesday night, do not sit here and tell me that this does not not put pressure on this team to win a title because it will be so enormous, so large that if this team doesn't win the title. It won't be the biggest choke job in NBA history. It will not because, first of all, the West is loaded. But if this team can't get out of their way, not out of their way, but they can't get out of the way in the first round and second round and get at least to the Western Conference Finals, it would be the biggest choke job in NBA history. They have to win eight games in in those first two series because if they don't, it will be the biggest choke job in NBA history because as of right now, they're still the organization who put on one of the biggest upsets in NBA history in 2007 on the Dallas Mavericks. They would be a part of that discussion if they couldn't get out of the first two rounds in the West. That's just the nature of the beast, and they put that pressure on themselves by setting the record and breaking the record if they do so on Wednesday. And another point you brought up, Andrew, which I really want to talk about before we move on and talk about the Eastern Conference, because obviously the East is set up now in, uh, in, in, in the NBA you brought up the fact that, and this kind of irks me, but there's no other way to really go about it unless TNT found a way to step in and say, no, this shouldn't be the case. But obviously the Kobe Bryant thing being moved to ESPN2 doesn't – it's not the end of the world and the end-all, be-all, and ultimately not the biggest deal in the world. But this is, this is the second greatest shooting guard, closest thing to MJ, at least, at least when it comes to the position that we've seen ever uh, at the shooting guard position. Not ever, because obviously you've got guys like LeBron, you've got a couple of other players that you could maybe, maybe Magic and, and, and Larry Bird are in that realm of discussion. And Kobe is, is, is clearly in that realm of at least discussion with those guys. But he's, I don't think he is necessarily LeBron or MJ or Larry Bird or, or Magic from the standpoint of impacting the league. But at least when it comes to the standpoint of greatness, Yes, he's in the same discussion within the position. And for ESPN to just – and I know they did it for obvious TV reasons, but them to just kind of push it off to the side and say, hey, Kobe, we're going to put you on ESPN too because we have this team in Golden State do what they do. Look, I don't care what – I mean, I know Golden State's probably going to break. And even if they don't, I mean, I'm, I'm sitting here to tell you, the way Memphis played on Saturday, this team – is looking like they could potentially knock off Golden State and seriously, I mean, just just wreck all kinds of havoc if they do so. And they could. And I, I honestly think from a, from a history perspective, we're going to remember this night on Wednesday coming up with with Kobe's final game and the Golden State Warriors uh, and the Golden State Warriors and what they're doing. We're going to remember it as a, as a synonymous time in history. But I think what real fans of the NBA, real sports fans are going to remember is that it was the end of a real era. I mean, Kobe Bryant, 20 years in the league, granted these last three years have been absolutely dreadful and atrocious and pathetic and bad, but from another perspective that Kobe Bryant, you know, impacted the league at what he did and how he's done it, you can't ignore the fact that he has been as great as he's been for as long of a time as he's been. And then to just kind of shun him and take him away from the limelight and, and put him into a stage where now he's only, he's only right behind. He's only right behind Golden State. We've apparently lost Andrew. Hopefully he comes back on the show. If not, we'll keep moving forward. But I just want to say that that is, that is really 
a sad thing to see that at least TNT or some other network didn't step in and say, let's put Kobe in the spotlight one last time to send him off the right way. Because this is, whether you like it or not, a top 10 player all time in NBA history. I don't know where Andrew's at. Hopefully I find him and hopefully he comes back here eventually. Um, And once he does, we will get him right back on the show. Um, If you'd like to call in and talk about either Kobe Bryant the Warriors, anything NBA, Eastern Conference, the phone line is 323-642-1558 is the number. One more time, 323-642-1558 is the number. I want to hit upon the Eastern Conference and especially what happened over the weekend. Let's just recap the weekend for you. What happened on Friday night, Hornets beat the Nets 113-99. Again, the Hornets keep moving on up in the Eastern Conference playoff race. Magic, 112-109. to Knicks beat the 76ers to give them their 69th loss of the season, 109-102. to Celtics beat the Bucks, 124-109. to Pistons beat the Wizards. A huge victory for the Pistons as they, go to, as they win 112-99, 43-37, essentially locking up a playoff spot at that time and really eliminating the Wizards at that point in time. The Pacers and Raptors. Raptors, 111-98 victory over the Pacers. A huge loss for the Pacers at that point in time. But it didn't really matter as obviously the weekend took place and we saw what else happened. Pelicans beat the Lakers 110 to 102. Mavericks beat the Grizzlies 103 to 93. Spurs lost to the Nuggets. Obviously, Tim Duncan didn't play. Or he did play. He played very well. Um, but they really they really had no incentive after after Golden State locked up the number one seed over them uh, the prior night. Uh, Clippers beat the Jazz 102 to 99. That was actually the best game of the night. Jamal Crawford, game winning three uh, in overtime. Big time shot for Jamal Crawford as the uh, Clippers get it done, winning their 51st game of the year on Friday afternoon. Andrew Norris is back with us. Hey, Andrew, did, where'd you get cut off there, man? Um, you know, I'm not really sure. My phone kind of started skipping. And then it just cut out, and then it wouldn't let me call, which never happens unless I'm on the show. So, yeah. Um, right? You know, I, I literally don't drop a call unless I'm on the show. I know. It's like, it's, it, it's like one of the most, uh, it's one of the most ironic things ever. As, it's uh, as Exactly. Exactly. It's one of the most ironic things ever. When that happens, I mean, I mean, it happens to me too. My phone line all of a sudden gets cut off for no reason right. when I'm on the show. But yeah, exactly. And, and other times, it's totally normal. So I don't understand why it happens to me either. But, but again, you're back on the air, and uh, I, 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 I was asking a question towards you uh, before you fell off the air about uh, Kobe Bryant and him being moved to ESPN two. Do you think that's kind of a an odd thing to happen considering how much of a legend he is. I understand the Golden State thing is going on, but but what's your take on that with Kobe Bryant being moved to ESPN2? No. I mean, I'm going to watch both, and I don't think it really matters if we're being honest. But right. the team that's going for 73 wins deserves ESPN more than the team that has, like, 16. I get Kobe right. the legend, Kobe all that, but like I said, first of all, it's not a big deal. Who cares if you're on ESPN or ESPN2? And second of all, every game Kobe's played this year has been his last this, his last that. It's gotten a little right. bit old, if we're being completely honest. Um, I'm ready for him to go just because this season's been such a freaking circus. Um, yes. I guess it could be a little bit disrespectful, but I don't think it's a big deal. I think they made the right decision. 
Yeah, and I agree with that. I, I mean, ultimately, I, I think they should have kept it on ESPN. But to be honest, if they could have, like what TNT did over the uh, uh, during the week last week and over the weekend, they they put the game on, they put Golden State's game on TNT because they knew history was riding on it. I mean, I feel like TNT could have stepped in and been like, hey, we're going to be the ones that's going to represent the Warriors in this final game. They they could have done that, you know. They could have, obviously, um, but uh, clearly ESPN with the with their uh, their marketing abilities, found a way to push them off and, and take the Warriors. But, you know, at the end of the day, like you said, ultimately, if you have, I mean, especially in this day and age, it's 2016, you can watch games on your phone, you can watch games on your iPad, whatever. You can watch both games at the same time. It's, it ultimately isn't that big of a deal. And like you said, Kobe Bryant finding ways to, to get all the, 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 you know, go-away party stuff that he's had over the last couple of couple of you know weeks months he's it, it has been a lot and it has been enough so for that being said i i do agree with that but at the same time it's 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 tough because again it's like man you're being put on espn too like is that like that is it's kind of it's kind of funny too because it kind of it kind of overall says what kobe bryant was you know he was he was great but he wasn't mj he was great but you know he had Shaq. he was great but he was a ball hog you know like things like that still I obviously a top ten player all time, but it's always funny because there's always that like that 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 symmetry butt to his name, which is funny because you know this is another example of that. You know he was great, but he still wasn't put on. He wasn't MJ, so they wouldn't put him on ESPN. They put him on ESPN two because the Warriors record. So it's just it's just funny from that perspective. And and to move forward, let's uh let's get it going here. I broke down the games on Friday. Obviously, Andrew. The biggest game on Friday was the Pistons beating the Wizards 112 to 99. The best, not the best played game, but a huge game for them. Clearly wrapping up a playoff spot after that game as they move forward. And then on on Saturday, well, more on Sunday actually, uh, the Pistons played again, and uh, actually they did not play again. Uh, I'm sorry, apologies for that. But they but their win on Friday really solidified what they needed to do because obviously with the Bulls losing on Saturday to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Or excuse me, they beat the Cleveland Cavaliers. God, I'm all over the place. Uh, they beat the Cleveland Cavaliers 105 to 102, um, but it was clearly just too late as the Pistons had already solidified to where they needed to get to. Uh, they're in the playoffs. Andrew, as a Pistons fan, are you are you more than excited to see this team play in the postseason? And, and to be honest, who would you like to play in the first round? Do you want to have Cleveland play? Do you want to just go to Cleveland and see what you guys can do? No, not at all. I'm not dumb. Um <laughs> I mean, you're not beating the Cavs in the first – LeBron will never lose a first-round series in his career. Never. It will never happen. And Toronto has looked very, very beatable over the last – and I'm sorry, as you guys know, I'm in my basement. My dogs are going crazy upstairs. I hope you can't hear them. Sorry if you can. But the Raptors have looked very beatable. <laughs> And on top of all that, I can't breathe now because my chest hurts. I, I'm all over the place just like you were. But the Raptors, <laughs> very beatable. Um, they, they've looked awful as of late. And as a Pistons fan, I think we can go in there. I think we can steal a series from them. And, and if you steal a series there, you can, you can win the next one the next one until the Eastern Conference Finals. So it, 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 it's, it'd be way more, when you watch the games, you'd be way more into it because it's, they could do this, you know. No matter, even if they're down two games yeah. to none, or two, one, something like that, they could do this. A couple fluke things happen yeah. here, here, there. They could do it. But whereas LeBron will just come out and drop twenty five out of twenty six points on you, or twenty seven out of twenty nine, like he did a few years back. 
So yeah. it, it, I, I'm not dumb. I wouldn't rather play the Cavs. Don't look at the record. Don't look at Stan Van Gundy's record against LeBron because none of that is relevant right now. Uh, they want to win a playoff series. They got to win out, and they got to hope. They got to hope that the uh, the Pacers lose one out of their last two, and they have you the Knicks hear, and the Bucks. You want to hear something crazy, Andrew? You just you just made my brain tickle a little bit with that convo. You just said, "Look, if Cleveland plays Detroit in the first round, and LeBron, you said it yourself, LeBron went off for twenty nine of the final thirty of that team. You know, in 07. It's funny because." What if, look, and we all know we just talked about it, what happened in 07, what if Golden State, I don't think they're going to lose in the first round, but what if Golden State does choke in the first two rounds and San Antonio finds a way to get into the NBA Finals and the Cavs play them again? It would be the same exact Finals as 2007. It would be Cavs and Spurs. And do I think the Cavs have a better chance of beating the Spurs now than they did? Oh, absolutely. Heck, Ten tenfold, absolutely they have a better chance of beating the Spurs now than they did back in 07 because LeBron, first of all, it wasn't his first NBA Finals. This is his seven, This would be his sixth rodeo this year if he went this year or, or his fifth or seventh rodeo, apologies. He's, he would have been to seven NBA Finals at this point, um, you know, going forward. And, and with that being said, you know, I think the Cavs would have a chance to beat the Spurs. But, but back to the point, I agree with you. I think the Pistons playing the Cavs in the first round would be tough. Um, and from that being said, I, I think I think it would be tough on the Pistons, but if the Pistons do get that seventh spot and they give Indiana the eighth spot, you play Toronto. Then you play then you play whoever you play in the second round, and that would be more than likely uh that would be more than likely the uh the Atlanta Hawks or the Charlotte Hornets. I would take that draw all day. You you play you play Charlotte, Atlanta and, and and Toronto in the first round. Look, if you would have told the Pistons that if they got into the postseason, they had a chance to play Toronto, Atlanta, or Charlotte, and, and it could be potentially Miami or whatever. But if it's Charlotte, Atlanta, and and Toronto, look, I think they would have taken that all day because with the size factor that they have, Charlotte doesn't outside of Al Jefferson, they don't really have anybody that can compete down low. Atlanta Hawks, yes, they're a very good team. They're a really well-run organization. They're good, but they don't have the size. Now, they, they come in waves. They come in waves with really good players, but they don't necessarily have the size to shut down a guy like Andre Drummond in the paint all, all series long. And, and, and don't get me wrong, uh, the, the Char- Charlotte's nice, and Atlanta's nice, and Toronto's nice too. Toronto still has to prove coming into the postseason that they have a bench. And don't get me wrong, the Pistons bench, after what they did during the, during the trade deadline, I think they got a better bench than Detroit, Toronto. And with the way Detroit's been playing over the last month since the All-Star break and since, excuse me, since the trade deadline, pretty much the All-Star break, they, their bench has become, is only getting better with time. And if the Toronto Raptors really want to prove that they have a legit bench, they got to do it against the Pistons, who also have a very legit second unit now. And so with that being said, look, I agree with you. Playing Toronto, they still got to do it, and they still can. They just got to make sure Indiana doesn't find a way to get to that 45 win mark, the same with Detroit if they both went out and win two in a row. So that's kind of the case there, and I agree with you on that perspective. And moving forward as we go here, more throughout the weekend recap, uh, you know, a lot of games that really didn't matter in the scheme of things, but the Hawks did beat the Celtics over the weekend, solidifying themselves a higher chance of getting that three seed to stay in an opportunity to play a team like the uh, – team, like I said, like the Charlotte Hornets, and also to solidify themselves to not play LeBron James in the first round, which would be a huge thing because no one wants that 4-5 spot right now. No one wants to be in that 4-5 or 8 spot right now because the chance of beating LeBron in the first and second round, very, very, very tough. 
So Detroit, Miami, and Boston right now are all sweating it out because they don't want to play that team in the first round. But if you get that seventh, sixth, or third spot, you got a legit shot of getting to the NBA Eastern Conference, and you have a chance to potentially, and I'm not saying they're going to beat Cleveland in the NBA Eastern Conference. I don't think it's going to happen. Kevin Love gets hurt again. Kyrie Irving gets hurt again, or someone gets hurt again, or something doesn't work out, or Cleveland's not – Who's to say that they can't go into the Eastern Conference Finals and at least compete and win a couple? I mean, uh, they're not going to beat the, they're not going to beat Cleveland, I don't think. But to at least compete with them would be a huge win for their season. And so for Indiana and uh, and and Atlanta, Indiana, excuse me, Indiana, uh, Indiana, Charlotte, and Atlanta right now, they got a they got a pretty or excuse me, Indiana, Toronto, uh, Char, uh, Indiana, Toronto. Uh, Charlotte and Atlanta right now, they all got pretty good draws. And they, and they got good draws right now to have a chance to get to the Eastern Conference Finals. With that being said, again, we mentioned the Warriors beating the Grizz 199. Bulls did beat the Cavs, but it ultimately didn't matter. It was a big-time comeback by the Bulls as they came back. Or, excuse me, the, the Cavs almost made a big-time comeback and almost won the game, but the Bulls still found a way to get it done. You talk about a disappointing season for the Chicago Bulls. Look, we talked about the, 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 uh, the, the Washington Wizards before the season began. Charlotte, excuse me, Chicago Bulls and Washington Wizards, they're, they're both not going to make the postseason now. And if Houston doesn't get in, you're talking about an extra doubly, you know, most disappointing team. Andrew? What you saw between uh, Cleveland and Chicago over the weekend, what, uh, what, what's your concern for this team moving forward into the offseason, along with, you know, who's your biggest disappointment to this point um, between the two in Chicago or Washington? Oh, Chicago by far. First of all, they're a bunch of idiots. Fired Tom Thibodeau, got Fred Hoiberg. Now they're yep. going to lose Paul Gasol to keep joking Noah. Then they're going to trade Jimmy Butler to keep Derrick Rose. So that's how the Chicago front office has been working. And that's why outside of the Michael Jordan years, they're one of the most irrelevant franchises in the history of the NBA. But before I really get into it, I want to talk about something with LeBron that I, I just noticed. Some of his performances over the last game, eight games, he went 13 for 20. He went 12 for 19. 13 for 16, 8 for 11, 14 for 22, 7 for 9, 13 for 17. And today, he's shooting 11 of 14, 12 of 15, I mean, for 32 points, 3 of 4 from 3, and it's not even the fourth quarter yet. He is in full playoff LeBron mode, and oh my goodness, this might be the best I've ever seen him play offensively. I mean, he's... It's every time yeah. he shoots the ball, it's getting in the basket. Every single time. He's taking 15 shots and scored 32 points. I mean, it, it, it's it's unreal. Um, but back to the, the subject at hand, the Bulls are the bigger disappointment. The Wizards have had tons of injuries. You can't blame them completely. Um, I really hope Whitman doesn't get fired because I do think he's a good NBA coach. Um, I think he's just had some terrible luck along with a roster who's been carried by one guy and is really not that good outside of John Wall and Bradley Beal. Um, so, you know, terrible luck this year. They're not a huge disappointment in my eyes, more of a shock. Uh, the Bulls are just underperformed, made idiotic decisions in the front office. Um, their coach isn't a great coach, isn't a good coach, I don't think. I mean, he's, if the coach doesn't come in and say, Jimmy Butler, you're taking more shots than Derrick Rose, there's a problem. Right. So yep. they, they they made the wrong moves everywhere you can think of, and it obviously came back to bite them, and it obviously made me very happy because the Pistons are in the playoffs. 
Yeah, absolutely. And as a Pistons fan, you should be happy because your team's earned it this year on top of getting some of the breaks that I guess you, I guess weren't necessarily needed, but considering some of the breaks that the Bulls provided with that obviously horrible front office uh, decision-making by getting rid of some guys that weren't necessary, obviously like Tom Thibodeau getting rid of him, absolute joke there. But uh, obviously the Pistons getting into the postseason is a big win for Detroit. First time in what, nine years, Andrew, you said it? Seven years? What, what was that number? Since 2008 was the last time they made it. Yeah, last time since 08 that they made the postseason. Unbelievable. And it's, and it's all been through rehabilitation, not through, you know, getting older players to come play. It's been all through rebuilding, which obviously there as a Pistons organization, you should be more than happy to see that. On, on, on Sunday night, last night, outside of obviously the, the obvious of the uh, outside of the obvious and the Warriors beating the Spurs 92 to 86, there were three games that came to mind that, Honestly, the impact of the playoffs, obviously the Rockets beating the Lakers 130 to 110, and then the Jazz beating the Nuggets 184, that impacting the, uh, obviously the playoff races, the Rockets are still one game back of the Jazz with two games to go. That's really the only, you know, controversy right now in the NBA, obviously, and then the the Mavericks also still hanging in there. They have a chance to obviously get into the postseason. All they got to do is win or at least bank on a Houston Rockets loss and they're in at this point, but the only thing I want to talk about, obviously, is Andrew and, and, and I have talked about all year long, is the 76ers team. They lost their 10th game. They lost their 70th game of the season last year. And it was all – look, they got to overtime. They found a way to get to overtime, which was shocking because the Bucks were absolutely demolishing them in the uh, going into the half. And they found a way to come back, but they still blew it in overtime. 10 and 70. Andrew, I know we've said this throughout the season, but can we definitively say now, and I know we still have two games to go, and if they do lose these last two games, I think it's obvious, but can we definitively say now this is the, this is the worst, this is the worst year in NBA history. Just not just, not just from wins and losses, but every, like off the court, on the court, every, I mean, it, I don't know of a worst team in worst game, worst season by one organization in NBA history. Well, the things that make it worse are, they still suck. They still have no future. They still have maybe one building block in Nerlens, because I don't think Joel Oaksport is a building block. I think he'll be out of there in the next two years. Maybe yeah. another one in Joel Allen if he can ever get healthy. Uh, they have a good coach who's just I feel terrible for. They obviously have yeah. a joke of a front office is. Gary Colangelo is hired by the league to fix things, makes the GM step down, essentially, by treating him poorly and saying his ideas aren't working, things like that, and then hires his brother and quits, son or his brother or something. I don't really know. It's it's a joke. that They need to just end Philadelphia basketball if it's going to keep going like this. Um, worst season, not even close. NBA history, market marked down. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's 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 really not debatable. I mean, when you get to a, a certain point, and and you were mentioning a point before I started talking about Philadelphia, obviously, and LeBron James and his his offensive performances, and what's crazy about his performances over the last uh, week or two is that it has gone completely unnoticed due to the whole obviously Kobe Bryant, and then on top of the uh, the Golden State Warrior team that they've been putting together. It's been absolutely incredible what we're seeing here by uh, by LeBron James, and you even mentioned it. Look, all the 
high efficiency rating he's been shooting at, the percentage rate he's been shooting at, the ability the, the ability to really impact his team more than just scoring the basketball, which he's already doing an efficient job at. It, 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 it's, it's scary from the perspective of, look, in, 2000, in, in 2012, 2013, the year his Miami Heat team won uh, an astron- uh, astronomical 60, I think it was, it was 68 wins they won that year, Andrew. It was it 68, 67, something like that? Um, they, uh, I think it was 65. It's 65. Either way, they were unbelievable. The year they won 28 in a row, or 27 in a row, excuse me, uh, and they won the NBA title. LeBron James was the uh, head and shoulders MVP of the league. And what's scary is, is right now, as you've mentioned, Andrew, from the standpoint of him playing the way he's been playing, efficient basketball, uh, impacting his team the way he has. And obviously with what he did in the postseason last year, if he combines that LeBron James, which is looking like he's doing right now, in a complete playoff run going down the stretch, and if Kyrie and Kevin Love are healthy going into the NBA Finals, and you've mentioned this team might only lose two games going into the, going into the Finals if they go all the way through, uh, this, this team may win the championship. And, that's, and that is not to just sit here and say, oh, it's because LeBron. No, no. Seriously, if LeBron is playing this well, and Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love are healthy with a better bench that they already have coming in, to the postseason, I don't care if it's the Spurs. I don't care if it's the Warriors. I don't care if it's the Los Angeles Clippers, the Oklahoma City Thunder, who are all, uh, maybe not the Clippers, but the Thunder, Spurs, and Warriors are all legitimate NBA title hopefuls. And if this Cleveland Cavalier team has an easy road through the postseason, which it could easily happen, if they have an easy road and they're rested all the way through and LeBron's playing off his rocker like he's been and everyone's healthy, uh I don't know how you think that any team from the West who's going to be all banged up and beat up, it doesn't matter who comes out of the West. They're going to be banged up and beat up. It's going to happen, whether it's Golden State, whether it's San Antonio. Now, unless Golden State comes out and absolutely dominates throughout the entire NBA postseason, then that might be a different story. But if it goes the way we think it's going to go and the Golden State just absolutely getting dominant or getting getting beat up or San Antonio getting beat up or Oklahoma City getting beat up or the Clippers finding a way magically to get through, Who's to say that this Cleveland Cavalier team can't just come out and dominate in the NBA Finals and win it in five, and LeBron's holding his, his third ring, and everyone shuts up. All the haters, if, if LeBron wins, look, I, I'm just going to say it right now. If LeBron James wins the NBA Finals, if he wins the NBA championship this season, with the way he's playing right now, if he does it, and they do it, LeBron James is the greatest player of all time. It's not even a debate. It's, it's not, not even a debate anymore. It's it's not even a debate anymore. Like, how, how do you debate that? Like, you got you to you think about it. Look, the Golden State Warriors could win 73 games this season, and if they get to the NBA Finals and LeBron James knocks them off with the team he has, and people will be, oh, you know, he played in a week. He's, I don't care. He got to the NBA Finals six straight years, and he beat a team with 73 wins in the NBA Finals where he's, he shouldn't be winning the NBA Finals over a team with 73 wins. I don't care who you are. And if he does it with that team, with all the drama they've had, all the media makeup that they've created for this team, which I think is fake, but even if it's real, look, look at this, this drama that's been going on. LeBron coming in two years removed from Miami, and he leads his team to the NBA Finals where they had 30 wins the year before, 25 wins the year before. And this guy has gone to six straight NBA Finals, and he's won each and every year that he's played since 2009 you got to be out of your mind to not think that this is the greatest player we've ever seen and dominating a league that, that, that really has been dominated by Golden State all year long. And if he dominates the goal, if he gets into the NBA Finals and wins it all this season, 
he's not only lifted Cleveland as a city, he's lifted his, his legacy to an all-new level. I mean, last year what he did was incredible, and people just knock it because it's LeBron and people have hatred for him. But you got to recognize that when you bring a team from nowhere to an NBA title, you know, an NBA Finals appearance after being garbage for the last four years since you've been gone and you bring them back again, I don't know what else you need to see. And if they win the title this year, which was kind of a goal in the first place, that's what LeBron said when he first came to Cleveland. He said, look, it's going to take some time, but we should do well our first year. They did. They did unbelievable without Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving. Now they have them all, and if they're healthy going through, and LeBron's playing this way, and they win the title, how do you not sit here and say that this guy hasn't created – and with the animosity in the front office and with the whole you know, Tyron Lue and, and David Blatt thing, look, how many times have the Golden State Warriors changed their head coach in the last two years? How many times have you know, other player teams have changed their coaches in the last whatever? LeBron has done it with all this animosity and all this crap and baggage surrounding his quote-unquote legacy, and he's still finding a way – to lead an, or, an organization that has been in the pitfalls and in the drama of the NBA over the last, God, 20 years, 30 years? I mean, it's been a joke. Prior to LeBron, this organization has been a joke. I, I mean, outside of, the Cleveland, uh, excuse me, outside of the Los Angeles Clippers, this guy in, in LeBron and the Cleveland Cavaliers, he has been a resurrection uh, creator for the Cleveland Cavaliers. And if you don't think that's the truth, go look at Cleveland Cavalier history. Outside of the, the late 80s and early 90s with that shooting team that they had and, and uh, with Steve Kerr and a bunch of other guys on that team, that was just one of the greatest shooting teams we've seen prior to the Golden State Warriors now. This Cleveland Cavalier team has been garbage throughout their entire franchise and organization. Outside of that three-year stretch, they have been terrible. And so for that being said, this guy, if he wins the title this year with this team against the, East, the Western Conference the way he has, it is going to be it is going to be one of the greatest stories, and it should be made into a movie someday down the road because it will be that legendary and that much of a legacy prover if he can do it in this year's NBA. Um, Andrew, anything else you want to say about that before we move on to tonight's games that we obviously already have going on? No, I think I think you said it perfectly. I really do. Okay, and let's move on to some of the games. Obviously, as, as he was just saying, LeBron has 34 points, six rebounds, and six assists. He has a wipe away the performance in three quarters. Look, look, 90 to 75 going into the fourth on NBA TV, the, the Cleveland Cavaliers, with really nothing to play for. I mean, obviously, they're trying to clinch home court, uh, and they're going to do that tonight, especially after this victory. 90 to 75 at the end of the third. Uh, they're getting it done there, uh, getting the victory. They're, they're get, it's going to happen, and if it doesn't, it's obviously a choke job, but they're going to get it done. Uh, Magic beating the Bucks. No one's playing for anything in that one. Who cares? Celtics getting destroyed by the Hornets, 62-41. to 41. Absolute domination by the Hornets there. They're trying to get into the higher seeds, which doesn't really make sense to me. I don't know why they're playing as hard as they are because – Obviously, the Celtics are just trying to avoid my. They're just trying to avoid Cleveland in the second round. That's all they're trying to do. Look, if Charlotte wins tonight and Boston loses, Boston I think drops to the sixth spot. I think that's where they want to be. I think if you're the Boston Celtics and you're a Boston Celtics fan here on CLNS Radio, you don't want to be in the fourth or fifth spot. You want to be in that six, seven, three, two mark. You want to be there so that you can play in the. Uh, in into the Eastern Conference Finals. I think they're doing the right thing and not tanking, but clearly not playing their hardest. Wizards are beating the Nets. No one cares, 27-17. to 17. Um, And then the Rockets are beating the Timberwolves. They need this victory tonight to beat the Timberwolves. Obviously, Mavericks and Jazz is the game of the night tonight. Obviously, Fender are playing the Lakers, uh, the last road game of Kobe Bryant's career, um, or uh, not quite his career, but close. Um, 
uh, as they play a couple more games coming down the stretch. Anyway, the point is, is Mavericks-Jazz, game of the night tonight, clearly as it's one of the biggest games to decide a playoff, uh, playoff seating, if, especially if the Rockets win. Um, Andrew, what do you see in this ballgame between the Mavericks and Jazz um, as they're really going to decide who's going to get into that eighth spot in the Western Conference as we come down the stretch? Well, first, I just want to say the Wizards were up 20 to nothing on Brooklyn. It is now tied at 71. Uh, so the Wizards obviously wow. just won all accidentally after that. But the Mavericks and Jazz game, I think the Mavericks, I'm hoping the Mavericks come out and beat the Jazz because um, it looks like the Rockets are going to beat the Timberwolves. And I, it's just simply, I think the Rockets are the better, uh, better uh, matchup against Golden State. Now, do you know who holds the tiebreaker between the Rockets and the Jazz? I think, I think the Jazz do. To be honest with you, I think they do because I saw at one point they were tied with the Houston Rockets and they had the lead over them. Um, but I could be 100% wrong, and that could be a different case. Okay, because it would take the Jazz losing tonight and to the Lakers, which is pretty unlikely. Um, well. But I, who knows? Who knows? The Jazz have played Golden State fantastic this year. They have played That's true. tremendous. So it, it'll be interesting. But I think I think the Jazz come out. I think the Jazz secure everything they need so they can get a game of rest before the playoffs. And I agree with that. And at the same time, I think it's going to be tough for them. But, again, if the Jazz lose tonight, and then they go and play Kobe in the final game. Look, I'm not going to sit here and say it, but look, Kobe's been playing good lately. I know I know the Lakers suck. I'm not going to sit here and say that they could win. But seriously, if the Lakers find a way to win that ball game and the Jazz lose and the Rockets find a way to win out, you talk about a gut-wrenching way to finish out a season. You know, you have to be respectful in Kobe's final night, right? Like, even if you lose, you have to be respectful. And, like, if you do lose and then the Rockets knock you off on that day, oh, my, you talk about one of the toughest ways to swallow a loss and your season to a legend, which is, you know, obviously respect, but at the same time, just a brutal way to end the season. We're going to wrap the show up here in a couple of minutes. Andrew, is there anything else you want to say before we get off the air and we get on out of here? I'm just so happy to be back, so happy to be healthy, so happy to be tanned. And so happy to be back to work both here and, uh, you know, my day job. Um, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to talking to you guys all every night now instead of in the middle also of my job, which is fantastic. Um, but, you know, other than that, just thank you all for listening. Go to the Hooperslog.com. Go to the Hooperslog on YouTube. Go to Talk People Now on Twitter. Go to CMOBuck253 on Twitter. Check us out. Subscribe, like, share, do everything grow the brand you want to write, fill out an application on the website. I will personally take a look at it and go straight to my email, and I read every single one. So go make sure you do it. Um, make sure you leave your Twitter at in there, and I will uh, make sure to get back to you regardless, either with a yes or a no. If it's no, I'll explain to you why, explain to you what we need different. But make sure you go check it out, thehooperslog.com, and let's do it, man. And I promise you, and I promise you, our shows will not be this long in the future. We were a little long today because we were kind of explaining ourselves and everything because it's a night show. Uh, we'll promise to try and get it down to about 30 to 45 minutes from here on out because obviously no one wants to hear an hour-long show. But we're here for the stay. We're here same time, same place tomorrow. We'll be here same time, same place 
on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Monday through Friday, same time, same place here, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern here on CLNS Radio through the Hoopers Log. My name is Seymour Buggins. Andrew Norris is out of here. Andrew, we're out of here, man. We'll see you tomorrow. All right, and Andrew's out of here. He is pieced out already. He's, he's out, man. He's gone. All right, episode 115 in the books. Episode 116 tomorrow, same time, same place, on Tuesday, April 12, 2016. We'll give you some more topics, and we'll talk more about the world of basketball. Thank you, everybody. Have a good one.